whether she's rich or toiling in a ditch, no matter the color of her collar, the heart of your home works her fingers to the bone for 79 cents to your dollar. 79 cents, 79 cents. Live Culture. I'm your host, Martha Willette Lewis, and I've got Max Schmidt here co-hosting with me. Good morning. Good morning. And we are doing a uh, Women's History Month special. Sound and Vision special. Sound and Vision for the record, where uh, Max and I are going to talk about the exhibit, which is a partnership between WPKN and the Institute Library. And then we're going to have on the phone a number of the artists involved in the exhibit. So stay tuned for an hour of fascinating talk and the attempt to make visual art come to life as we do every month on Live Culture. A little interdisciplinary action today. Music meets visual art. What more could you ask for? It's always a fun challenge. Uh, you know, doing this show is always interesting. Well, especially when you're reflecting on an exhibit that you actually organized. I did. I did. And this is the second Sound and Vision project. It's the sequel. It's the sequel. So the first one was not for Women's History Month. It was meant as a fundraiser for PKN, and we invited the public to make uh, 
imaginary album covers and then we auctioned them off and in Halloween everyone should have been party. yeah we had a live broadcast and we blew out the fuses at the Institute Library which is a venerable pre-Civil War institution uh, with very old fuses and Oh, it was just so great. We had DJs dressed as the Leningrad Cowboys oh my from the Aki Kursmaki movie um, doing a live broadcast playing records for us. And everybody came in costume. And those of you who are on Facebook can look on Facebook and look for the Sound and Vision page and see pictures of it. It was really wonderful. And the covers themselves were really wonderful. It was sort of an imaginary record store. I was going to say, I was reflecting on some of the articles that were written about it, and mm-hmm. I was just astonished by the range of work. And I, I mean, it is echoed in this sort of second iteration as well. One right. of the things I wanted to ask you is, considering this is sort of a sequel to the first iteration, what have you noticed has changed in terms of the artwork? What is How has the show grown and evolved? And, you know, especially recontextualized in terms of Women's History Month. Right. What is, what is sort of the new flavor of Sound and Vision? Well, so it seemed a little, some people seemed confused at first. And so I made sure that I put in the language that it could be a band or a, or a record that you already know and love and you're, making some fan art, or it could be something you're entirely making up. Uh, we got f- fewer submissions. With Open Call, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and exactly. We, but I'm really proud of how far the reach was. When I when I got the intake forms, people had heard about the show from all over the place, from places that the library had contacted and things that the radio station had done in person and on air. And so we got a really broad spectrum of people, uh, both in terms of age and background and uh, some people this is their first time exhibiting which was great and other there were a lot of new seas- folks in the scene which is yeah. really really exciting and I think that's kind of what I was really hoping for I love the surprise it doesn't bother me the surprise of an open call it I like it uh, but I did have some cards up my sleeve in, in case there wasn't a lot of artwork and that's where the show gets really different from the first one so for this one I thought it's women's history month and this is a really fun and accessible and possibly pithy way yeah. of, of talking about things when we all have a lot to say. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, a lot of reasons for having a lot to say. Um, but I also wanted to celebrate what it's like for real women musicians out in the world. And so I got a number of, of seasoned veterans to um, donate or share, mem- they're getting it back, share <laughs> memorabilia from Life on the Road. And, and those and their displays stories. were incredible. They're, I mean, especially in the sort of aesthetic of having them in these closed cases mm-hmm. and these museum-like Museum collections. Cases, yeah. Just the artifacts of careers that are, are still starting. Mm-hmm. And, and also, as you said, sort of seasoned veterans in the yeah. scene. People who have been, in, been everywhere and done everything. And um, the stories that they tell are really wonderful. And the objects are are touching and funny and, and, you know, it's, it's very real. And the other thing that, that I did was WPKN has such a beautiful archive of records. Oh my God, you guys don't (laughs) even know. It is unbelievable. It is right. And so I went through that with a number of the people here, including, um, our GM, Steve DiConstanzo and, our former library director, Del LaPietro, who also donated or lent us, I should say he did not donate, he lent us. A I know, you're of- talking about <laughs> donations. <laughs> People know. might get their artifacts no, back. No, no, everybody's getting their art back. Don't worry. Uh, but a number of programmers at this station also lent me 
items from their collection, which is wonderful. So Dell and Alec Cumming as well. Um, so I got participation from people both in term, at the station in terms of giving me new artwork, but yeah. also things that, that were beloved treasures from their collections. And then the third leg in this was that really interestingly, we have a number of artists locally who have done really incredible oh my God. real album covers. And we've, we're going to have a number of them on the phone with us. And you later. guys can't wait to hear some of the stories I'm sure they have yeah, to share. When yeah. I went in and I saw that big display case of sort of all of these real, real quote unquote records that people had worked on. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Right. I had no idea that George had worked on nine to five or right. that Clemenza had worked on Erica, Erica Badu, Badu, which is, I was like, oh my God, Clemenza, a, a I've known you for years. I had no clue. winning record. Right. So we have Clemenza Hawkins who did Erica Badu's uh, live album, and we have George Corsillo coming up, who's done many, many albums. But um, for this exhibit, we've got his copy of Nine to Five, which was Dolly Parton. And we love her. I love her, and he <laughs> didn't know that it was going to be such a big hit. And also uh, a copy of Times Square, which was a, a a follow-up movie by the same... Well, we'll talk about that later when we talked with George because he'll tell the whole story. Exactly, so explain really, the lore. Explain the lore. And we also have our very own Michelle Morgan who does incredible embroidery. Truly such a great person through and through. And amazing work. Amazing work. And her embroidery has gone viral several times. Understandably. And, if you see it, you will get it 100%. Right. And um, so on... If you look up the live culture playlist on SoundCloud, you can get an entire hour of me sitting and embroidering with Michelle because we both sew and we're sitting there talking and she will tell you the entire story of this because it is fascinating. But Keb Moe's people contacted her after her work went viral and asked her to embroider things that he liked and they produced this beautiful album with her images around. And it is a stunning it's cover. A stunning it's cover. so, so cool. Stunning cover. And we also have one by Linda Lindroth and you know, it just, you never know who's in, who's in your neighborhood. Exactly. And whose say. lives they've touched and <laughs> right. vice versa. Right. So that's one of the things I love about open call is it's all about talking with people and connecting with people. And in this case, it was a wonderful kind of partnership between WPKN, the Institute Library, and also Cafe Nine, and one of our programmers, Rick Omonti, Shockey Presents, is helping to get us uh, an after party. Which is going to be a blast. And that's on May 3rd. May 3rd, exactly. Party hardy. And then the exhibit is up until May 6th, 6th, so you guys got to check it out. We'll have a closing party at the gallery on on May 3rd and then you can just walk around the corner to Cafe 9 and we will be boogie 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 yep. and if you want to see or f- see the exhibit for yourself you can go to um institutelibrary.org and look at the hours of the library and anytime the library's open you can go upstairs and go to the gallery it is free it's open to everybody there are stairs that's yes. the one thing i would say it's an old building with steep stairs and and the door to the institute library is small and narrow it's very fun because it has almost the speakeasy feel because of it, it. you're like i'm sneaking up the big stairs i know so i love the institute library this is a, i'm maybe the 16th or 17th show. I've curated a lot of exhibits there and they mostly have to do with words, books, archives, or collections in some way or another, usually pairing contemporary art with it. Um, Sometimes it's just using the things in the library's collections. But one of the things about the place that 
makes me love it is that it it is really welcoming and open to all, but it feels like a secret, like something you've oh, discovered absolutely. and like you're stepping through a book. It has a- this magical quality because it is this like little, ho- it feels like a hole in the wall, especially yeah. in where it is positioned in downtown New Haven. So let's talk about where it is. It, it is right next to the Devil's Gear bike shop on Chapel Street, which you might notice. And it's right off the green and it's yeah. right next to Artists and Craftsmen in this other and, little and sort English of business market. area. Right. Yes, which is wonderful. wonderful. Right. So all these things that everybody knows are right there. And there's a new cafe, Tous Les Jours, which Ooh. has like French pastries. Yep. Uh, but then the library itself, you can walk by that door multiple times without noticing. And that's part of its magic. Because then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, God and you get upstairs and it just unfurls around you. It's a portal. Oh, it's exceptional. It's a musty, beautiful portal. Um, so just the place itself is a kind of magical experience and then getting to actually put together artwork in there is always really fun. And I had great help with this. Um, I had Mohan Mohammed helped me out and Scott Schultz, who always helps me with the more a rock star com- through, yeah, and through. <laughs> through and through. He's an artist and engineer, and he always helps me with the more complicated bits about hanging. And some of the artists made really amazing covers where you needed to see both sides, which was so neat, but technically I imagine very challenging <laughs> very to challenging. install. Like, How am I going to put these up so that people can enjoy them fully without destroying yeah, exactly. them? Touch or, them without right. ripping them off the wall or putting right. too many little fingerprints all over right. everything. So Scott devised a very clever system where you can kind of, they, they, Attach with magnets to the wall and you can kind of flip them back and Which forth. Which is classic so Scott with the yeah. tra- contraptions. Yes, Very on exactly. brand. So we took all of the 12 by 12 artwork that people gave us and put it into record sleeves which kind of unifies the whole thing. Absolutely, which was very smart. And then spread it across the wall in a, in a full color spectrum and I think it looks aesthetically. It came out great. Yeah. It's super clean, but it has this like record store feel. It, it has this memorabilia feel. Right. And you actually made one of the records. You you created a record I of did. your very own. So would you want to talk a little bit about your piece yes. and just sort of how it spoke to the exhibition overall? Yeah. So there are a number of pieces that talk about women in the workplace. And I started off the show here with a song that talks about 79 cents. I think it's about 80 cents to the dollar now. Um, but Definitely women in the workplace is one of the central themes of a lot of the record covers and the inequalities of that. And my album, I took a piece of artwork that I already had had made, which is um, socially distanced people. And it's basically crumpled up photographs of people that are jammed into glass jars. Which, if if you guys haven't seen these pieces, they're so cool. I remember when you started the series and I was like, Martha, this is amazing. So I'm, and they're really kind of wonderful together, but this particular one is one in a small glass dome and I took a photograph of it and then I, uh, made it into the album cover and it's called lean in, which is something that women are told to do. And there's a really atrocious, book I know that book lean is a, a cesspool, a cesspool. And it, it's by the album. I mean, it's by the band, um, ladders and ceilings. which was so <laughs> clever when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, Martha, <laughs> um, as somebody who's at first, I didn't understand when I, when I was younger, I really didn't understand. And, and, you know, your currency is, is beauty and Absolutely, then, as, and I kept hearing about the fact that you know when you reach middle age, yeah, <laughs> and and 
in some ways it was kind of a relief. This is slightly off topic, but it was, it was sort of a relief to not be harassed. But during the time when I was mostly in the corporate world, I did get people paying a lot of attention, but it wasn't the right kind of yeah. attention. And sometimes there, as a side benefit, they would listen to what I was saying and my expertise. But then a lot of times there was other of things course. going on. Right. And now there's a lot less of that, which is a relief. Um, but now you're like, oh, God, the prophecy has been realized. And this really is the. the I want to say something that I know a lot about. And, and and everyone is misogynistic in the ways that you would right. expect them to be. Right, right, unfortunately, exactly. so people cl- lay claim to your idea or just talk over it. Or yeah, exactly. How, how can I silence you or, or tune out in some way, which is completely unacceptable. I mean, right. that doesn't even need to be right. said. Right. So it's sort of the, the sort of subtle ways that one gets bypassed for things or it doesn't happen. And the important thing is not to be bitter and to keep a good sense of humor about all of this. And a sense of as yourself you as well. Right. And yeah, right. you, you got to laugh because there's literally nothing else. We, we, there's many things that we can do to help change things. But some days all you can do is just laugh and keep walking. And you have to maintain your sense of humor, I think. Yeah, it's the only way to stay sane. I mean, you have to be able to 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 balance both. And I mean, you said that it wasn't on topic, but I think that it's an experience that then informed the creation of this piece. And also it's, it's part of, we're talking women's history month. It's part of your experience as a woman. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When the whole me too movement happened, I happily have not met Harvey Weinstein or been attacked or in fact been involved in it. Right. Thank God. Um, and, but I think every woman I know can reflect on it in some way. And from, from, pre-puberty onwards, oh, right? yeah. like it oh starts God. way, way, way too early. So I put on the outskirts of my album song titles um, and had a good time doing that. And I, I felt like this whole project was a way for people to be funny, angry, on topic, speak to the moment, and that it's something that you could take an existing work of art that you had made and make it into that format exactly. or you could make something absolutely brand new that was specifically for this, but it was, it was something that, that everybody could understand well enough to just do it and participate. Right? And it's, yeah. it's this really awesome, you know, intersection of music and art as storytelling, but also as a way to process and understand the insanity of the world that we live in currently. Right, yeah, it's very hard to, to believe this is happening. I just want to say that you are listening to WPKN 89.5 FM and streaming online at WPKN.org. And I'm Martha Willette Lewis. And, and I'm, I'm Maxim Schmidt. Yes. And we are here on Live Culture discussing the exhibition Sound and Vision to the sequel. For the record. For the record. Yes. And I'm going to play a tune. And when we come back, we are going to have a number of the artists who are in the exhibit on the line, and we can all have a conversation about it. So, Chat it up. Yeah, so stay tuned. Here we go.
we're back. And we're back. Welcome back to Live Culture. And I have on the line Clemenza Hawkins and George Corsillo. Clemenza, hello. Uh, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. George, hello. Hi, how are you? Great. Where are you, George? Uh, I'm at home in New Haven. Oh, good. Okay. Kick back, relaxing. <laughs> yep, great. That's right. So both of you have made real album covers. And they are incredible, the connections that you guys have sort of made. And so we just want to talk a little bit about what your experiences were. Um, George, if you want to kick things off with talking about your experience with 9 to 5 and hanging out with Dolly Parton, I would love to hear that story as a huge Dolly fan. Okay, so um, we were living in L.A. and I was working for a a design company called Gribbit. Cool. Like a... (laughs) <laughs> like a rap, like like a like a frog, and um, uh, the Dolly Parton. I, I guess we, we had sort of heard that there was going to be a movie, but we didn't we didn't know anything about it. We knew, you know we knew you know um, James Fonda and Lily Tomlin and and that Dolly Parton were going to be in it, but that was like down down the road. Yeah. Um, so they so uh, uh, Griffith did all record you know all record business stuff we worked for um, a, a lot of stuff for casablanca records um but but just you know records record records and billboards <laughs> on sunset strip all that stuff so um so they uh, the the call came in that you know they wanted to see sketches for um an album called nine to five so there was something like six or seven of us and it was like it was a competition you know and uh and you I came did, out I on thought, top <laughs> i came out on top i you know i thought um norman rockwell saturday mm. evening post um the woman who can do it all like rosie the riveter kind of thing or you know wearing lots of hats so i think she's I, you know in the original i think she's actually uncle she's a sort of very skinny uncle sam isn't she and she's carrying everything in the world <laughs> I, I think, think they, that's uh, right i don't know she's yeah, got I she's, don't know. she has everything with her though yeah, yeah. So, so I I did this drawing and I won. Um, and so the, the design was done. But then I got to go go to the photo session. And you know, I mean, I was twenty seven, but I felt like a real kid. You know, like and, <laughs> yeah, as a twenty seven year old, I feel that in my bones right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so I had done lots of album covers, but I hadn't worked directly with with the uh, the the singer, the with the mm-hmm, celebrity, with the talent. So. Yeah, so Dolly shows up, the sweetest woman in the world. Uh, not a big entourage herself and the wig person, you know, and, and, and that was it, you know. And um and we, you know, we we dressed her up. Um Ron Slenzak, who was the photographer, who was a, a great guy and a friend, uh had built this little ramp so that she was standing on it because she was because in the photograph she's leaning forward like she's Yeah, yeah she's teetering. Like she's, yeah, she's marching forward. And then so she comes out. I said, I, you know, I hope you, you know, uh, I'm going to pile all this stuff on you. And she said, uh, I'm a hard worker. I'm here to work. And it was, and that's what she did. And then we, I placed all this stuff on her. Um, and it's so just, she really you know, had I, to carry it all. It wasn't drawn, illustrated in afterwards. Yeah, not manipulated. No. You know, the only thing that's illustrated is that her, her silhouette, you know, uh-huh. and it was like, um, you know, Dolly's big, you know, and it was uh-huh. like, believe it, believe it or not, her, her chest is a little bit smaller we made it a little bit <laughs> so did you but and the circle was, that goes around her there's sort of the saturday evening post kind of circle that goes around her that says a little bit of a backdrop yes yeah. yes and then so then the type is mine that dolly kind of logo was from a previous album but it worked it worked kind of perfectly worked beautifully yeah and it became you know that sort of became her her logo so that was good um and so we you know we did this whole this 
this whole thing, and uh, I placed all this all, all this stuff on her. And at one point, there was like a, a little blowtorch or something like that that was going to be in her hand, mm-hmm. and it was just like you know what? We, there's, there's enough stuff. There's there's enough, you know. <laughs> so Dolly Parton, a flamethrower. <laughs> so what, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how long right. did she have to stand there with all this stuff? And and describe what some of the stuff is. I know there's a vacuum cleaner. There's there there's, there's, there's a lot of apparatus. There's tools. There's many miscellaneous yeah. things. She's, she's, there's like a, there's a few uh, lawns. So she's leaning forward with a, one of the, a, a, a big, a, um, a paint roller on a long pole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a, yeah, the there's a hoe. Mm-hmm. There's, under her arm is, um, under her arm is a blueprint. She's got a garden hose and a watering can, and then a couple of couple of little feminine things. There's mm-hmm. like a little glittery purse, and then there's some like uh, nail polish and lipstick on the floor. But there's a lawn mower, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, and you know, um, you know, uh, be- between myself and Ron, we were pretty good at you know propping all this stuff up so you didn't really realize it was being held up by something else. So she she did this whole she did this whole thing constantly happy and smiling oh, mm-hmm. and then and then we did the back, the back album i don't know if you if you know it but the back on the back of the album it's the end of the day you know it's the end of, you know she's nine to five's over and she's sitting and that was my idea to and that's very saturday evening post too very oh, i love that she's oh shoot i didn't put the put it so that you could see the back of the album this is my feeling okay so she's sitting. She's sitting in a comfortable chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a, tea, a cup of tea, and there's a there's a, um, uh, a cocker spaniel yawning, oh. <laughs> which is and also so, so these, Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. So I had gotten these sort of like fluffy, you know, sloppy slippers that would be in it, and she said to me. Oh no, darling! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, Dolly, Little healed marabou slippers, I think. I oh yeah, yeah. And she said, she said to me, "This is what you're going to do. You're going to go." And because we were right in Hollywood, that's yeah. Where the, go to Fredericks you know, of Hollywood. Go to Fredericks uh, of Hollywood and get some pink marabou high heel. There we go. High heel slippers. Make them cute. Were, oh, that was it. That yep. you know, that did the trick. You know, so that's great. And then. And then, to, you know, then to top it off, it became this big hit. Yeah. But we had no idea. Yeah, that happens with, with almost everything that I would design. It would be, you know, um, albums, some amazing albums that never make it. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can't even imagine why. Uh, some albums that are just like, you know, big surprises. Uh, and then, um, you know, like uh, book jackets, mm-hmm. you know, something that you read that you think, holy mackerel, this is amazing. It, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do uh, yeah, well at all. Yeah. yeah. No, so, that's, isn't yeah. that always the way? Now, Clemenza, your story with Erica Badu, please tell it. So, it's so cool. amazing. It's so great. <laughs> okay. I was living in New York, mm-hmm. in Harlem, but I had a lot more friends in Brooklyn. And uh, there was a shop. This was in Fort Greene. Mm-hmm. Fort Greene was really great because. The place was jumping, and it was during the week. It wasn't a weekend thing. And then there was dance parties going on up in the park, Washington Ooh. Park. And then the neighborhood, the, you just see people just, it's a procession going to the park. Like, what's going on? And they would <laughs> sit on the ground. They have little picnics and whatnot. And then it was just like disco night, but it was outdoors. That's great. And, you know, so there's a lot of stuff. So I was always in and out of there. And there is a store. There's a couple of stores. A couple of my friends, one of them had a store, Brenda Bunsen. She had um, a store of her own. She was a spinoff from the store. I can't remember right now what it was called, but it was basically a store that was run by black women. And they had sections 
of like vendors selling jewelry to soap, clothing. Oh, awesome. And everything. So my, I had note cards, greeting cards. Yeah, the with butterfly, butterfly women. The note cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, I, it came from an idea of visual and, and literature. Of <clears throat> It started with an idea of a woman standing on a skillet with butterfly wings. This is a metaphorical thing that I was writing. And the image stuck in me. And believe it or not, the first time I did the image of a butterfly woman, was with a kid's camera. Oh my God, that's so cool. (laughs) I I mean, it's the camera was plastic and it's, oh, it takes real pictures. I'm like, yeah, right. But I, yeah, exactly. You're like, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) It, But it worked because it was almost the quality and level of it was as far as getting the pictures um, printed and whatnot was pretty much like a pretty good camera. Not too shabby. And I wish I still had it. I don't know what happened to it. But anyway, um, that started the note cards of the butterfly women. I would just ask some of my friends to pose, and then I would reconstruct their image within that, the butterfly wings. And then I was selling them. I started off in Brooklyn at the store with the women. And um, later on, the cards were going into Barnes & Nobles, but that's later. But this started uh, with the cards being at the store. And... Um, I heard of Erica Badu. She was coming out, and for some reason, I didn't really listen to the radio. I just listened to music because music is always out in the air. Yeah. In New York somewhere. And my sons were telling me, like, Mom, you know, you should do her next cover because she likes butterflies. I'm like, oh, really? And then I seen part of her videos on TV, but I saw the butterflies, so I saw the connection. And I had this bad habit of going through New York without checking my messages. And mind you, this is still when the phones were still working. Phone booth. You know, you put a quarter yeah. in you. Know. And I have missed many parties or events because I didn't check. Didn't check your messages, yeah. Much. Yeah, I go home and then I find out like, oh, if I had only listened earlier, the party was right around the corner from where I go. So you'd <laughs> have to like call that. you'd have to call your, your service? Through the phone booth? It wasn't like that. No. It wasn't like, this was in 1990-something. Okay. So this, but, um, so one day I was out, and I said, oh, go check your messages. I go to the phone, and put, and then I listen to the messages, and the, the lady from the store says to me, there's somebody that wants to talk to you about a collaboration, but I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> I'll get back to you in a minute. So yeah. I'm like, okay. And then when I went and checked again, she goes, oh, it's Erica Badu. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm oh, freaking yeah. out because I lost the number. I don't know how old the message was or anything. And so I'm freaking out. And so I finally call her back. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, was this earlier in the day? Maybe she's not there. And I called and the lady says, oh, she's right here. And just puts her on the phone. Oh, my <laughs> God. Puts her on the phone and Erica goes. Hi, Clemenza. I've seen your note cards, and I would like to know if you're interested in doing my next cover. That's so great. And I'm so calmly incredible. like, you know, I'm freaking out. Like, Hi, Erica, am I doing that? And people look at me in the streets like, what's going on with her? And, like, <laughs> and then when I talk to her, I'm like, oh, sure, but Erica, anytime, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, it's all good. It's fine. So you did, know, you, get, did so, you get to go to the photo shoot? Did you... Were you? Well, that's what I'm ready to tell you. She, you know, once we spoke, then it was time to set up and everything. And um, there was a studio down. I it was somewhere between Brooklyn and Manhattan. I can't remember, but it was a studio where, you know, basically what she was asking me was using my concept, mm-hmm. and I, you know, created the portrait. And then there was a. I chose someone else to do the photograph. Okay. Imari Desari. 
Okay. And it'll be a less city when you see it, but it's the concept. Okay. And, um, and so what you see on the cover is my concept from the note cards, basically. And so I, you know, I did create the front cover mm-hmm. first and then left and, and the back. Yeah, there's something well. in the back. And also there's, um, she's pregnant during. Oh, the, yeah. And she was pregnant with right. seven. And so the and middle so, of the, the CD is actually an image of her belly. Which is so beautiful. It is beautiful. It makes the um, butterfly image even so better. When we, yeah. Well, with the set, you know, we had to create a natural scene. It's basically with uh, led by Debbie Martin, you know, we, and then on the set, no men were allowed for the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And so we did the shoot. And then, yeah, she, <laughs> she's a tiny thing. She's a oh. little tiny. But the way she carries herself, I'm very yeah. tall. I'm tall. But the way she carries herself, it's sort of like, I feel like she's my height. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen her change wraps because this was the big thing. Does she have hair? Uh, once I saw her wrap, <laughs> her, and she did like several different wraps throughout mm-hmm. the shoot. Once I seen her do it the second time, I got used to it. I didn't even really pay attention anymore. I was amazed at the fabric, but mm-hmm. she changed um, her head wrap several times. And then by towards the end, she said, I want you guys to write on my stomach. We were like, what? She <laughs> said, are you sure? <laughs> You know, and she had a black. She was serious. She I mean, a she was serious. It was a shot. Whatever. Well, it was a black marker, and okay. she had in her hand. It's like she wanted us to do it. So we were like, okay, should we sign something in case something happens? So I was thinking, but we we did it, and it's part of the CD. Mm-hmm. You'll see, and on the CD, it's really her stomach. I don't know what I wrote because it's it's not that clear. Clemenza um, said I blacked I out know. in that moment. I didn't know what was going no, on. I was drawing on Erica Badu. It looks like a globe. Actually, it looks like a globe, so it's kind of shady. It is like a globe. So you won't see all the writings, mm-hmm. but um, I had did a figure of a woman who was pregnant, and I said it's a globe. Um, so to me, it looks like a globe, but it's part of the CD, and it's on the CD as well. Mm-hmm. And we've displayed um, that in the exhibit. You can see both the the front and the back of the booklet and the, the CD itself with the belly and the writing on it. Um, George, I'm sorry about I'm missing the, the Dolly Parton other side. Yeah, sorry, well, Clemenza, that, go on. Um, that's okay. That was the second um, uh, album she did. The first one was Baduism. Mm-hmm. And the second one won a Grammy Award because the infamous song, Tyrone, came from there. Yeah. And actually, she had us come to the set, they, the studio, that's where it was, in Manhattan. The song in Tyrone was originally done in London, if I believe this. And so the second time for the CD, it was done in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was able to be there to watch the whole thing being taped. Um, and that went you know, double platinum, platinum right? I mean, it, it went huge. It went, Speaking yeah. of not knowing that things are going to get as big as they are, George. Exactly. Right? I was like, going to say, yeah. I feel like yeah. there's yeah. A definitely a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really incredible. Um, just- I mean, I have to say, only thing I will say is that I'm really proud that that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sons were just jumping around, you know, because mm-hmm. they suggested this. And I said, guess what? guess you know and they were like oh wow you know <laughs> but the other thing is too is that i'm an fm child if mm-hmm. anyone knows you know basically yeah. and i really loved Joni mitchell and there's two reasons why Joni was the only one i noticed that did her own album covers and even uh, in, yeah in yeah she's a wonderful artist yeah they always have someone else do the covers mm-hmm. and blah 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 
but her, you know, Joni was like, no, I paint and I'm going to do my covers. And They're she great, was allowed too. To. Yeah. Really and good. I think that's such a great inspiration because that was never done before in mm-hmm. that era. No, you it's know, true. They chose true. someone to do the covers, you know, but she did every cover. Mm-hmm. And I was really inspired by her doing. I do collage and mm-hmm. mixed media, but her album cover, Hijira, is really a photo montage. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just want to throw that in because yeah. um, Joni is a milestone. And the fact that she overcame aneurysm, a brain aneurysm, and still kicking out music and albums is just still an inspiration for everybody. But I, you know, I was just amazed that she was able to create her own covers because she is a visual artist herself. Yep, we love so, that. Um, we love that. So that was an inspiration. So I said, well, I did it too. You did. Way. You did. So I am so <laughs> proud. Did. I'm so proud of the art that we have in this exhibit. And I'm so pleased that you were both part of it. Yeah, really lucky to have show. you guys be involved. Um, it's yep. a great show. It's a great concept. And it highlights other artists mm-hmm. um, on the concept of doing covers. And I think it's a great idea. So everyone should really get over there and check it It's an it amazing out. show. Y'all don't want to miss and it. And you know what else that I really appreciated about it is that it... People were so generous and that it it makes something that can be um, seen as quite serious and heavy. It's quite fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need the fun we right now. And heavy, right heavy now. times. We, we need, need laughter. We need right. joy. We need fun. Right. And we need a sense of community and right. connecting our stories to one another. And I don't, don't know yeah, unless you and talk. I don't actually think that's frivolous. I think that's important. Oh, no, it's very important. It's crucial right. to survival. So I want to thank you both for being on the show. I'm going to hang up with you and get another caller in, if I may. If I want to throw at him, kudos for you because I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. Love yeah, so cool. <laughs> Thank you. So cool. So much. Thank you both for being on Live Culture. And have a great day. You're welcome. You too. Thanks for having Bye-bye. Us. Take, Take care, care, y'all. Bye. All right. So, Max, I am going to play another song. And oogie, oogie, oogie time, folks. Yes. And then, or a part of another song, and then I'm going to have Amy Wachtel on the phone with oh, us. Oh, I'm so excited to meet. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, here we go. Welcome back to Live Culture. I have Amy Wachtel, our very own night nurse, on the phone. Amy, are you there? I am here, and I'm thrilled to be here on the other side. It is so good to talk to you. Pleasure to meet you, Amy. So we've got Max Schmidt here, who is a visual artist and who is with me on the show today, running the show. Co-hosting. Hi, Max. I think I heard... Did you two speak the other day as well? Oh, yeah. We Martha did. can't get rid of me. I've been sleeping in the studio <laughs> okay. for days. I refuse to leave. <laughs> I was listening to you, yeah, earlier this week and enjoyed it very much. You oh, said, who's that know? weird little guy? <laughs> yeah, so we were celebrating Women's History Month, and I just thought it would be great to have Max back on for live culture. 
Um, nice. Especially as Max is a visual artist and visual arts coordinator and involved. Perfect. Involved, involved. Uh, so, Amy, not only are you our night nurse and play a wonderful reggae show here at PKN, but you are also in this exhibit and you made artwork for it. <laughs> well... I was delighted. I, I wanted know. I wanted DJs and programmers from the the station to get involved. Cross and you were, pollination. Yep, and you were one of the first people to throw yourself into it. So, can you talk about Which what you is, made? That's the good part. But first of all, I want to raise you up, Martha. I mean, what an outrageous and splendid and fabulous exhibit concept presentation and location that Institute Library. It's a wow. gem, isn't it? I mean, it is just, I think you use the term, it's a gem. Yeah, and it's a treasure. It is, you know, I went there with Katie, who's one of our volunteers and mm-hmm. my best friend from years and years. And We uh, had such good volunteers there, me. by the way. They were just and the, splendid. And at we the both party. were like, we want to live here. And the <laughs> volunteers who work at the institute library said everyone says that yeah it's you a know? great place I mean, the bathroom alone could be <laughs> an exhibit it, it's it, anyway i so, talk about it sometimes as being like a museum of a library and then the librarians there get mad at me because actually you can sign out books and they're busy acquisitioning things so said, it's excuse not, me <laughs> stay in your lane martha <laughs> exactly it is not a museum of a library but it does have that kind of amazing know, feeling right it's a time I, I know you atmosphere. In a nice way. So here's the thing. Like, yes, I raised my hand. I love that WPKN was like a co co host in this event. And since I live in New York City and sort of Long Beach, I can't always get to Connecticut as well. So this seemed like a fabulous opportunity, you know, to to be supportive and participate. And then the night of the opening, I saw such incredible, wonderful artistic presentations i felt like i gave you like a kindergartner oh no 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 no. so talk this is radio tell us what it looked like describe the cover and your concept okay talk about give us the vision all right the vision is better than what developed (laughs) it's heart of glass Mm -hmm. which is an ode to blondie and or deborah harry you know because that was such a big song oh yeah and she's such a badass for real. And she's such a badass. Right. So that just seemed great. And it also seemed to me that Heart of Glass could go in a few directions. Mm-hmm. Like, are you For strong? Sure. Are you weak? Are you pointy and hard? Or are you just protecting soft? You know, so it seemed like are you it broken? could be interpreted. Are you broken? Or yeah. are you broken? Yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, I save things as I'm sure real artists do. Oh we yeah, we hoard, we hoard, and you are a real artist. Yes, <laughs> I love the support. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you save things, thinking, oh, this will be good for a collage one day, or mm-hmm. oh, this is great. So I have all this broken glass, and I was so excited to have a use for it. I feel comforted you know, so by I, that as someone who is also hoarding broken glass. That actually makes right. me feel a little better. You have to have things in order to, <laughs> to make, make things, them, yeah. right? I spend a lot of time walking around in my studio looking for, I don't know what the actual object is, but I know what I need it to do. You said, I know, I know the I thing. I know I've got something here that can do that. And then I have that to can find work. it. Yeah, right. I have to find that it. Be the, mm-hmm. And it was so funny to me to realize how many layers of gluing and 
putting more glass in. I don't know if it's that the glue is. Glass is heavy. Or the glass is and it and I feel like I I keep thinking each day I have to sneak back into the muse, uh, into the library and put more glass in like as much as as many layers as there is when I saw it at the opening party I was like oh it kind of is not full enough. <laughs> It's as full as you wanted it so to be. So I want to tell you something. As a curator, I don't let artists go back in and keep working on the work once it's been shown. And I can't tell you how many times they try to do it, including Clemenza, if you're still listening to this. I remember when uh, she was in a really wonderful show that I did about narratives and fairy tales and had this really great collage piece and wanted to come back and keep adding to it. Because like, no. Clemenza is also so process-based. I, I know. Many of us that are like, oh, wait a minute, I'm seeing it in a different light. Let me touch it, please. Right, I'm begging right. you. So that's something that, like, it's so tempting to do it. You see it hanging up, and you see all of the other possibilities for it or the chance for more, and I get that. But once it's up, it's up. And I also don't add things into an exhibit once it's been put together because the pieces are all in conversation already. I understand that, you know, intellectually <laughs> and real life wise, but in, you know, in my brain, emotionally, in my, you're I, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> right. Emotionally, it's like, Ma, could you take that painting off the refrigerator because it's sitting amongst Rembrandt? <laughs> I'm feeling a little dumb. No. So your piece, which is it's it's a bright red cover with a glass heart that sticks out quite a bit from it. It's quite sculptural, that. And I had to be more careful than any of the other pieces, as did Scott. When we were opening up the artwork, that was the one where we all had to be careful of of our hands. Um, So you made the most dangerous piece. Which is edgy (laughs) as hell. Edgy as hell. And because of that... Uh, Eva Geertz, who is our operations manager at the at the um, at the library. So this is getting long. Uh, Christine Ullman, the beehive, sent me a wonderful set of things for the vitrine, including a can of hairspray and a Barbie doll that had been remade to be the mini hive. I know. It's so cool. It's so cool. And Eva Geertz, our operations manager, said, oh, I've got a new in box Debbie Harry Barbie. Barbie featured more than I would have guessed in this show. She she, she came. She, she came and she was not going to play. She's <laughs> right. like, I'm here. I'm ready Barbie to go. Barbie represents. I don't care what anyone says. Barbie is there and right. she's here and she's like representing throughout time. And, and she's, she's showing up, up for us. <laughs> See, I don't I don't identify with her particularly. So Kathy DeMeo uh, made several really wonderful Barbie pieces or one Barbie piece and another one that's a, a Patty Reagan um uh, paper doll, which is super fantastic. Neat. But anyway, we have the mini hive Barbie, and Eva says, "Oh, I've got the Debbie Harry Barbie somewhere," and she's digging around. For her, and I'm like, "I need that. I need that." And she can't find it. And I'm talking to Tammy Faye Starlight, who's another wonderful artist who sent us things for the vitrine, who does shows as Marianne Faithful and so Nico cool. and and her country All music alter ego, Tammy, Tammy Faye. She's got a bunch of them. She's fantastic. And I was can't remember why, but I was chatting with her on the phone about this. And I'm like, yeah, we're looking for the uh, Debbie Harry Barbie. And she's like, oh, I have one. It's in a box. She said, it's right next to me. <laughs> I've had it with me the whole time. I was waiting so for I your said, call. Do you mind sending it to us, Tammy Faye? And she says, no. So, that, so we actually have uh, Debbie Harry Barbie. And I wanted that particularly because of your 
your It was a good piece. accompaniment. Yes. I felt like it was a good like I wanted, no, I yeah. saw it and I didn't realize that you got it from a second person. Yeah. That it wasn't the original person who no, had one. That's no, more than one of us has, we went to has the edge of the earth Barbies, for that Barbie. Right. right? <laughs> Barbies hidden away in our basements. Um Yeah. No, it was it was it was No, nice. I have to confess. As a feminist, I do. I collect Barbies. And when you mentioned the Blondie one, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I don't even remember knowing about that. You know, it's, when it was released, I kind of keep an eye out. Yeah, you added it to the wish and, list. I understand well, that. So it so apparently Googled, was part no, of... I Googled, I Googled and found out that it was like a late 90s. And it is, of course, on, you know, secondhand sites like eBay. But I, I refrained. Yeah. I so it's from a, a series called Ladies, Ladies in the 80s. And I don't ladies of the 80s, which is just a weird way of putting it. And I'm I'm wondering if there's a Tina Turner one. I think there is. That would be the one I would want. It's for MBB. I'm pretty sure there is. I recently, just just Martha to soften you a little bit towards the whole Barbie thing. I recently (laughs) got a... um, Jane Goodall. Oh, Barbie doll. my goodness. And my it's goodness. like, it's showing, you know, it, it, it's a specific way to have to grab it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, oh, it's the Inspiring Women series. Okay. Well, I, I know that they've diversified, they've changed body types, they've, um, they've got more skin tones, more age ranges. They've done a whole bunch of things. My own Barbie story is that my parents didn't want me to play with plastic toys for the most part. And for the most part, I didn't. You refrained. Um, I refrained. Wow. Early ecologists. We're hippie types. Um, But I did actually save up and get a Malibu PJ who I absolutely adored. And this allowed me to play with other kids in the neighborhood. But because a lot of it was playing with boys, um, oh, they no. all had no, no. It oh, wasn't, I was no, afraid no, something no, 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 tragic was going to happen. This isn't bad. <laughs> my my friend Jimmy, who's down the street, had GI Joe, which had all kinds of really exciting stuff. Like um, he had a scuba diving set with like an octopus and a treasure he was ready chest. To rumble. Right, right. So I saved up more money and bought my own uh, GI Joe doll. And Barbie used to get his jumpsuits and go on adventures. Oh, my PJ, that's really my PJ. cute. I was worried something bad was going to happen no, to that Barbie. Like, like many small children, and especially children of sort of hippie parents like mine, I really didn't have defined gender roles in quite that way. So um, they both went on adventures together. That's and, so sweet. <laughs> and, you know, every now and then... People would do things that I didn't like with my Barbie, like throw her out the window, Jimmy. Um, oh. Jimmy, if you're listening, we <laughs> Jimmy, never forgot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a... Never forgot. Yes, I'm, there may or may not have been a parachute attached. It was definitely supposed to be part of an adventure. But I definitely saw her as um, doing active things out in the world. But I was much more engaged with, say, my teddy bears. Yeah, I'm a Garfield right. guy. Well, yeah. Beanie Babies, I believe. Oh, I'm a Beanie Baby guy. Oh, Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. But I I have an opposite G.I. Joe Barbie story, which I don't know why I'm telling it, except that this is, I feel like it's just us gals chatting rather than an entire listening audience. Uh, Well, we only have a couple minutes, so it has to be short. 
It's quick. Um, We all, my gal friends, we all had Barbies. We were playing with them in my garage, which was a hangout space. And my friend Arthur across the street had G.I. Joe. And we kind of mutilated G.I. Joe. Oh, you went after G.I. Joe. This is the plot twist I feel like some of us were waiting for, though. Yeah, the Bacchanalian... So psychologically torturing Bring it back Joe. because we only have about a minute left. Yeah, like, um, this is Martha sure. Lillette Lewis and Max Schmidt, and we are talking with Amy Wachtel, the night nurse, about the exhibit. Sound and Vision Part 2 for the, the record. Which is up now at the Institute Library, 847 Chapel Street. On view till May 6th, and there'll be a big party closing reception on May 3rd with an after party at Cafe 9. We know you guys are going to want to be there. We hope you're going to want to be there. And this is our our celebration of Women's History Month. Um, so it's Amy. It's been great having you on here and celebrating with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. A pleasure to meet you. Fabulous exhibit. Say, Max, and everyone, go. I want to come again. I have to really absorb that. Well, exhibit the mansplaining cover. That was George Ursillo, who we had on earlier. He did a couple of really excellent covers. So we have over 40 artists in the show, plus extra material that comes from the WPKN archives and from special collections. Yes. Donations that aren't donations, returning donations. Okay. So nice. And thanks to Val Richardson, you know, for for putting so much. Okay, so um, I have to say okay. goodbye now. Well, this is the go. end of We're Live Culture, close. and we will be back in a month, the final Saturday of the month, from 11 until 12 noon. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. We will. Bye-bye. Take care. Support comes from the Aldrich Contemporary Art Museum. Located in Ridgefield, there are currently several exhibitions running, including a solo show from Afghan-Canadian artist Hangama Amiri, an homage to home. She fled Kabul with her family in 1996 at the age of seven. Her show runs through June 11th. Another show is Prima Materia, the periodic table in contemporary art. This group show links individual works with an element of the periodic table. The show runs through August 27th. More info at thealdrich.org. Support for WPKN comes from the Westport Library, hosting VersoFest, its annual immersive music and media festival, running from Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. From Sunflower Bean to the Smithereens, Alice Cooper costumes to evolving androgynous rock fashion, hip-hop's 50th anniversary to primitive garage rock, VersoFest celebrates music, media, and creativity in Connecticut, New England, the tri-state area, and beyond. More information and registration at westportlibrary.org slash VersoFest. Oh, you lucky people. It's time for another WPKN Music Mash, where major record dealers, vinyl collectors, and music aficionados of all stripes gather to dig through crates of hard-to-find LPs and 45s for that musical memory that meant so much back then and still does today. Old records, new records, rare records, and hit records, they'll all be there. The date, Saturday, April the 22nd. The place, Reed's Art Space at 1042 Broad Street here in Bridgeport. There's free parking, food trucks, beer supplied by Two Roads Brewing and the Berlinetta Brewing Company, and there'll be special guests and WPKN DJs spinning discs from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. General admission is $5, and early birds can get in at 8 a.m. for $15. Bring the family. 
Details at WPKN.org. And happy hunting. On the next Alternative Radio, hear Jeffrey Sachs on Wars of Hegemonic Competition. That's Alternative Radio, Monday mornings at 6 on WPKN 89.5 FM Independent Community Radio. craft beer, vinyl records, food trucks, and listening to WPKN DJs? How about an evening with all of those? Well, you're in luck. Every second Thursday of the month, from 5 to 9 p.m., a rotating lineup of your favorite WPKN DJs will be spinning vinyl on Berlinetta Brewing Company's handcrafted sound system in downtown Bridgeport. Come and enjoy a pint of one of Berlinetta's European-inspired craft beers, a bite from a local food truck that'll be parked right outside during our event, browse Berlinetta's carefully curated vinyl record collection, all while enjoying great music. Brought to you by us, your favorite community radio station, WPKN. Free and open to all 21 years or older, Berlinetta Brewing is located at 90 Golden Hill Street, across from the post office, and mere blocks away from both WPKN's home studios and the public transport system in Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's every second Thursday of the month from 5 to 9 p.m. at Berlinetta Brewing Company in downtown Bridgeport. See you there. Danbury Animal Welfare Society is a no-kill animal shelter that has been making a difference in the lives of animals since 1974. We promote responsible pet guardianship and the humane treatment of animals, and we work toward ending animal overpopulation through our spay and neuter services and a variety of educational and community outreach programs. If you're looking to add a new furry friend to your family, we'd be happy to help. Stop by our shelter during our open house hours to visit with our adorable adoptable animals. Danbury Animal Welfare Society is located at 147 Grassy Plain Street in Bethel, Connecticut. To learn more about us, visit our website at Dawes.org. That's D-A-W-S dot org. You're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM, Bridgeport, serving communities in Fairfield, New Haven, Litchfield, and Suffolk counties, and streaming to the world at WPKN.org. 